You're listening to Tax Talk, a podcast series from the Irish Tax Institute, which explores the world of taxation and your finances. I'm your host, Samantha McCochran. In this first episode of the series, we'll be meeting incoming Irish Tax Institute President Sandra Clark, who will discuss her background, her work at the Institute, and the main areas she'll be focusing on over the course of her presidency. Now, Sandra, it's an extraordinary time for the country, for communities, employees, companies, and of course, accountants and tax advisors. So before we get on to the many challenges we're facing, we might just have a quick chat about your own career and your work with the Institute to date. So tell me a little bit about your business and why you're in accounting. Hi, Samantha. I'm a partner in a two-partner firm in Ashburn County Meads, BCC Accountants, along with my business partner, Alan Connolly, and we have 18 staff. I trained in that particular practice and then went on to purchase a 50% share in it. I developed a passion for tax while studying to be a chartered accountant and then went on to do the Irish Tax Institute exams following my qualification as a chartered accountant and became a chartered tax advisor in 1997. And you work a lot with SMEs and medical practitioners, is that right? Correct, yes. That is the majority of our business is made up of small SME businesses and also we act for a large number of medical practices too. And you do quite a bit of work with TALC, which is the Tax Administration Liaison Committee, which is very up close and personal with the Revenue Commissioners. Absolutely. I first became involved in the Irish Tax Institute back in the early 2000s where I got involved on committees where we were meeting with revenue in order to establish ways of collaborating and working together to iron out day-to-day practical issues in the compliance of tax by representing members at local branch level at the time in the Fingal Tax District and so on. From there then I got involved in various committees through the Irish Tax Institute. I've chaired the Tax Administration Committee and have represented the Institute at various TELC forums also over the last number of years. Just to mention that your firm is up for a number of awards in the upcoming Irish Accountancy Awards. Good luck with those. Thank you very much. So with um, that nice note aside, there's quite a few big issues. I mean, of all the years to be president of the Institute, there are huge issues facing companies at the moment. The first one, which you can't ignore, is COVID. It's been with us pretty much all of this year and will continue to be for a while. The July stimulus was a big move by the government to try and help business. Was there enough in it? Yes, it certainly has been a challenging year so far, not only for ourselves, but certainly for the the whole country, all shapes and sizes. From a practitioner's point of view, and certainly from the clients that we represent, the July stimulus package has measures in it that have been very welcomed. In fact, to even go back prior to the July stimulus, the government, in fairness, acted with remarkable speed in introducing legislation in a very short period of time by introducing the temporary wages subsidy scheme, which has been with us since March of this year. Certainly, a lot of our clients would not have survived to this point in time without that huge, valuable support, which has got them to the position where they've been able to continue trade and continue to provide employment. The July stimulus package then following up from that has now announced the introduction of a new employment wages subsidy scheme from September, which is very welcomed that that is now going to be extended out to March of next year. However, there are a number of conditions attached to that scheme which are different to what existed in the previous scheme that existed from March to August. 
in that regard, our clients are going to need to ensure, and obviously our, our members who are acting for our clients are going to need to ensure that tax clearance has been applied for and that all the returns have been filed and are up to date for the various businesses. There was also a welcome, very welcome in the July stimulus, the debt warehousing that's going to be allowed. And what we mean by that is where revenue have introduced legislation which will allow businesses that have been affected by COVID to warehouse their tax debt for a period of 12 months. And upon excess from that, a 3% interest rate will be attached. Also introduced in the July stimulus package was an extension of that 3% interest rate to apply to non-COVID related taxes that had not been included in the warehousing, such as income tax and corporation tax. These measures are very welcome. However, we as an institute and as representation of our members would love to see an extension of that 3% interest rate on warehouse taxes to be continued in the long term. The rates here are 10% and 12% is what currently applies apart from this temporary measure of 3%. And we believe it's time that the tax legislation is reformed Mm. and changed to bring it to a more acceptable level of market rate interest, which is in or around the 3.1%. And in fact, our counterparts in the UK are only paying 2.6%. It is right, of course, that the exchequer is recompensed for interest on late payment. But again, it should be at a reasonable and at a fair level to support businesses. And in terms of CGT, I think that's something else you've also been keen to see some changes. What what would you like to see happen with capital gains tax and what benefit would that be to the Irish businesses and to the economy at large? Yeah. The tax strategy group paper that issued in 2018 stated that a change to the overall rates of capital gains tax could result in an improved environment for all businesses, both for startups and mature businesses, which would enhance and help to stimulate the economy. It would help to increase transactions and would also increase the exchequer receipts in relation to capital gains tax. In fact, The capital gains tax is only responsible for less than 2% of the overall tax take in Ireland. It is a behavioural tax and we are of the opinion that if the tax rate was reduced that it would encourage people to consider selling their businesses and also to look at transactions in a more favourable manner. The cost to the exchequer of providing this because it is and represents such a minute part of the tax take the economic impact of having a reduction in those receipts would be minimal and it would certainly help to stimulate the economy. In addition, our programme for government in June 2020 has also committed the government to reviewing the CGT in each budget over the next five years and in particular with a regard towards businesses that would help towards our carbon footprint. So presumably that'll be one of the the measures you'd like to see in the budget. What other other measures will you be seeking or or, or would you like to see introduced in the budget for for supporting the SME sector, which really need more than any other year, need to see those measures that will actually stimulate business and activity uh, put in place? There are a number of measures we would like to see introduced in the budget and they are both from the point of view of the SME sector towards stimulating them not only as a result of COVID but also in relation to Brexit being just around the corner. So they're sort of interrelated. There are 
a number of schemes that currently exist, but they're not very workable for the SMEs in Ireland. And in order to promote and to encourage those businesses to diversify and to expand into new markets, some businesses need to make changes from a logistics point of view as a result of COVID. Others, businesses that have flourished as a result of COVID may also need expansion, but also bearing in mind the backdrop of the impact on businesses with Brexit coming forward. So these businesses will all need financial support from a range of sources, and it can be critical to the survival of many of the sound Irish SMEs and startup businesses to raise short-term financing. We feel that the legislative and administrative steps that are needed to assist and help with the likes of the employment and investment scheme are the capital losses realised on EII investments should be offset. There should be rules governing EII could be broadened to cater for more institutional pooled in vehicles. Also at the moment, a monetary penalty would be a more proportionate sanction for administrative errors rather than a complete withdrawal of the relief, which can act as a disincentive for companies that are looking to claim EII. In addition, there should be appropriate and adequate resourcing committed by revenue to ensure that the applications are dealt with in a timely manner and to ensure consistency in dealing with applications and providing pre-clearance on the general block exemption regulations that exist in that regard. And obviously also further guidance should be enhanced by revenue so as that there's certainty for businesses that are making EII applications. In addition, we would feel strongly that to support SMEs and in the ability of those companies to retain the staff and key key staff members that they have, that Ireland remains an attractive place to sustain and retain and scale up new businesses, that the KEEP scheme that was introduced a number of years ago, it's also had a number of amendments to it, but the uptake of that scheme for 2018 was only 10 companies applying to about 86 employees. So the SMEs, because of the conditions that are attached to that relief, are very restricted. There are a number of changes we would like to see to that, extending the definition of a holding company with regard to the valuation of the shares that a safe harbour approach should be taken with some sort of sanction where there is an undervalue. In terms of the remuneration limitations that are on it, especially in light of COVID, where maybe people haven't been working full-time during 2020, would also have an impact on that legislation. Also to create liquidity and keep shares to allow a company to buy back the shares. And also then there is a condition with regard to working hours. And again, that, especially in light of COVID-19, would also need to be changed or loosened for 2021 and 2022. Do we need to be mindful of how competitive we are with Britain leaving the EU? It's our nearest neighbour. There's options for companies to start up there, invest there. Do we need to make sure that Ireland is well matched to our UK counterparts? Absolutely, we do, because obviously it's one of the countries that we engage with the most in terms of our exports. We also import a lot from the UK as well in order to stimulate and to sustain businesses here in Ireland, that they're not going to move operations that are currently all been managed from Ireland. Now, possibly looking at setups in the UK, which is going to take away employment from Ireland. So, we need to ensure that we can retain key staff here, that there's reasons for the SMEs to maintain head office operations from the Republic of Ireland as opposed to maybe moving their business somewhat or mainly to, to the UK. 
So tax administration is a key part of what you do. I doubt there's ever been a period in, in, in recent memory where there's been so many schemes, so much administration, so many, so much paperwork, so many boxes to be ticked. That's going to be very important that all those schemes that are new and the ones that are existing are easy to use, straightforward, and no, no kind of trip-ups. People can't get tripped up in them too easily, that they can be easily administered. Talk to me a bit about tax compliance, about making the process a bit easier for SMEs. How important is that at the moment? Yes, certainly any measures that can be introduced by revenue are very welcomed by taxpayers and accountants across the country in terms of, and tax advisors, in terms of managing compliance on a day-to-day basis. We have seen huge reform in 2019 where the PAYE system got overhauled. It was the biggest, largest single overhaul of the system since the 1960s. And it has bedded down very well on both sides for revenue and for employers. Obviously, it had a lot of nuances with it and teething problems. But in fairness, overall, it actually implemented very, very well. This was on follow up to other measures that have been taken by revenue in recent years, which were extremely welcomed in terms of their e-tax clearance system and also in terms of you know, improvements being made through their revenue on- online system. It also had been announced for Budget 2020 that dividend withholding tax was also going to move to an online platform, but that has been delayed now as a result of COVID. However, there is one major tax head that is a huge compliance burden to practices throughout the country and to various businesses also, and that's in relation to professional services withholding tax. This is still a paper-based system, and in terms of if you're a taxpayer and you have professional services withholding tax, the original certificates must be submitted to revenue to be signed off by the division manager in order to get your tax credit against your income tax or corporation tax liability for the year. This is extremely burdensome on tax advisors and on taxpayers and we would welcome the move of prioritising PSWT to become something that becomes an online system similar to what has been done with the relevant contracts tax and also as sleek and efficient as what PAY modernisation has become too. In that regard, we are aware that Revenue are and have looked at the PSWT system going online, but it definitely now needs to be prioritised, especially in terms of remote working and getting access to divisional offices in terms of trying to get the credits sorted out and offsets for PSWT. It also can cause cash flow difficulties for businesses because Revenue cannot see at a glance that a particular company has a corporation tax or an individual has an income tax credit but yet the liabilities on the other side are showing up straight away through PAY modernisation. We're very focused on the immediate issues of, of COVID and Brexit, and that's to be expected. But there are long-term issues that we're all becoming more aware of, and sustainability is, is central to that. Companies, I think a lot of companies now want to move towards more sustainable approaches to how they do business. But again, you know, it's important that it doesn't fall to the bottom of the queue because there are other priorities at the moment. What would you like to see done in order to support small companies and businesses in terms of becoming more sustainable? Is there something that could be done with the, from a government, from a revenue point of view to try and, and assist that? 
Yes, I think that the government and through revenue or through the tax system, they could introduce measures such as, for example, capital allowances for possibly staff working remotely, capital allowances for improving the energy and use of electricity within the business. Yeah, I think I think I think one of the suggestions from people is that it, this is a time to reset in a way. Like we are changing how we do work and how we how we operate. So maybe this is a good time to to introduce some of those those allowances. So out of the, the challenges that we've spoken about, I mean, what do you think are the biggest challenges coming up? Is there anything that stands out to you, or is it all basically the totality of the amount of challenges is is the biggest issue really in itself? I think the main challenges in the short term is ensuring that the SMEs survive and in that regard there is a very busy period ahead for the practitioners uh, dealing with the SMEs. There have been a number of supports obviously through the July stimulus package which again have been very welcomed not only from a tax perspective but also from a commercial perspective in terms of the restart grant in terms of EI supports that are available. But it does take time to work through these measures. In terms of challenges for us as a profession, we have a lot of work to do over the next few months. There are numerous deadlines. This is normally the the tax compliance busy season with corporation tax deadlines for December year ends on the 23rd of September. We have income tax filing deadlines for all self-employed persons, proprietary directors and accountable persons, which must be filed on or before the 12th of November, which is the extended deadline for pay and file. And in the interim of all this, we have all the July stimulus package that was introduced, working through understanding the nuances of that legislation, including the debt warehousing. There's also the opportunity for businesses to now get into a phased payment arrangement with revenue. But again, everything has to be filed by the 30th of September in order to make that happen. So it's an extremely busy time for the profession. And we have collaborated hugely with revenue since the onset of COVID and have worked well together in trying to work through you know, all the issues that arose with TWSS, we now have EWSS to deal with. And I think it has to be recognised and it is recognised, but just to remember that the tax practitioners and accountants are hugely responsible for the compliance of the taxpayers, of the majority of the taxpayers and the collection of those taxes and payment, setting up the payment for all those taxes. And we we need to work together over this coming three months to get through the challenges that are arising as a result of all that has happened as a result of COVID. But I'm sure we'll we'll rise to the challenge and get get through it all by Christmas. I think you will need, though, companies and their advisors will need understanding as well in the system. I know, you know, even we were just talking there about the EIS and sometimes maybe there can be an administration, an error that isn't intentional and there can be quite severe penalties for that. And and as you're mentioning there, in the past, interest alone has been quite a penalty for, for companies. There must be an appetite of understanding at the moment, given that there is so many new schemes, so much new demands from a compliance point of view. The vast majority of of, of people are catching their tails at the moment trying to just keep up yeah. with all the changes so yeah. is that something that you'd be very keen to see that there is cooperation understanding yeah. and acceptance that there, there are there genuine are, errors there absolutely there is going to need to be genuine understanding and collaboration obviously we have staff who are 
still working remotely as well. A lot of smaller offices don't have the ability to introduce the social distance measures, which means that their staff have to continue working remotely. Yet a lot of SMEs in particular are still very much paper-based. So trying to get the information from the clients, trying to get it out to staff, trying to get that information processed and back in in order to meet the filing deadlines is extremely challenging at the moment. And, you know, I think we are going to have to look to seek you know, that there'll be sanctions made in terms of alleviating surcharges that would otherwise normally apply for late filing for a couple of months to give breathing space to the profession in order to meet the huge volume of workload that's obviously undergoing apart from the normal workload, but also in addition with July stimulus on top of dealing with COVID-19 restrictions also. There has been some suggestion that because COVID has taken up so much of our time, both professionally, personally, everything else this year, that Brexit, to some extent, maybe was pushed into the background. Do you think that's put any more pressure on companies now that the reality of Brexit is really coming very quickly at us? Has there been a, maybe a slip in preparation over the last few months because of the other major crisis we had to face? I think it depends on the size of the business. Obviously, I think those that are largely involved in import or export have been preparing for a long time. And to an extent, I suppose some of those preparations were just put on hold, but they had already got their plans in place. So it's just a matter of getting back on top of those plans because of the delay due to COVID. In relation to the smaller businesses, I think it is going to be a challenge. And certainly, like say within our own firm we are looking at solutions for the smaller SME who just does the odd import and trying to tee up with you know a customs agent that can provide a service especially for the smaller type of business but definitely it's something it's not gone away it's here to stay so we're definitely going to have to deal with that at some stage in the next few months as well. The Institute's job really is to advocate for taxpayers as well as their advisors. And, and they do, they are at the front line and they do see the practical issues often facing taxpayers, you know, who are trying to do their, their best to comply with everything that's there. So that's, you do that all the time. This year, your voice is needed more than ever. Do you feel that, are you, are you optimistic that the powers that be, the government and revenue will be responsive? It's needed more than ever before. So are you feeling optimistic that a lot of these measures will be taken on board, that you're, you're seeking to be introduced? We would certainly like to think that our voice will be held. We have had absolutely fantastic engagement with revenue throughout COVID in terms of the wages subsidies and in terms, in fairness, the Collector General's office has also been fantastic in terms of, you know, even on a day-to-day basis with our own clients through the practice, any calls we've made, any correspondence we've made, we are being listened to, the message is being heard and they are certainly open to helping businesses to get through this as much as possible but we certainly need that collaboration to continue and with regard to the wider filing dates now that are arising and it would certainly be welcomed to see that collaboration continue and I'm sure that they will listen where what we're suggesting is reasonable. So it's just over a month to the budget any other last things you'd like to see introduced that would be supportive of companies, businesses, entrepreneurs that need it at the moment? Yes, certainly I would like to see the entrepreneur relief amended to allow that entrepreneur relief can be claimed by either part-time employees or by silent investors. 
for a lot of SME startup companies who would be looking to claim entrepreneurial relief, a lot of the time they're only working maybe part-time in that company or they might need a financial investor to take on. And in the UK, they only have to work part-time or can be a silent investor in order to avail of the entrepreneurial relief and to help give us that stimulus here in Ireland to help SMEs and to also in terms of remote working you will find that some entrepreneurs will actually position themselves in Northern Ireland or the UK in order to avail of that. And we'll need to do everything we can to attract. We need to do everything we can to attract and keep SMEs and entrepreneurs here in Ireland over the next 24 to 36 months to survive COVID. Well, Sandra, you're going to have a very interesting 12 months ahead. Lots of challenges. Some of the biggest challenges we've seen in business uh, in memory. How do you think your members are going to fare? They have a huge amount of extra pressure this year. Both businesses and their advisors have an unprecedented amount of paperwork. Unprecedented is an overused word, but I think this year it can be used with all fairness. How do you think your members are going to fare? Is it all going to be uphill, a struggle, or is there reason to be optimistic as well? It certainly is going to be challenging. There's no doubt about it. It's been challenging to get this far. However, our members have shown time and time again how resilient they are. Over the years of the recession, we've had to deal with similar challenges, different challenges, but, you know, similar mountains to climb. And I'm sure we'll we'll get through it all again. It will take time and it will take collaboration with revenue, but we will get there. There's no doubt about it. And as I said, we are a resilient bunch and I'm sure... We will be for many years to come. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today, Sandra Clark, and wishing you the very best of luck with your presidency of the Irish Tax Institute. Many thanks, Samantha.